Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Locked On Seminoles Bowl Spectacular. Okay, no graphic. I thought our graphics guy would throw something on there. But anyway, you guys got a fuller house. That's right. It is the sequel, which means no Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen because, well, they cost too much money for that Netflix production. But fortunately, John Stamos was able to make an appearance because, let's be honest, his career has gone down faster than a roller coaster ride in the United Kingdom that wasn't subject to certain safety protocols. You can Google that to know what I'm talking about. Ladies and gentlemen, it is nighttime. It's bowl season. We got Danny Domino in the house. We got Dave in the house. We got Drake in the house. And we're going to talk about all of the bowl games and give you the preview you need because it is Capital One Bowl Week. Let's rock and roll, baby. Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to our Bowl Spectacular. Here's what you could expect today, tomorrow, maybe even the next day, depending on how this goes. We are going to talk bowl games because they are the reason for the season. We know you love your families, but let's be honest, families are one of those things where you like to talk about the time you spent with them later after you survived it. During it, it's tough. It's not the easiest thing in the world because like me, when I'm with my family, I get relegated to the basement. Those are baseball bats in the background because we all have strange hobbies. And uh, I, yeah, it, I'll blink three times rapidly if I need assistance and you guys know who to send. But gentlemen, let's go around the horn with our first bowl game. We're going to start with probably the best bowl to make if you miss the national championship playoffs. That's the Bahamas Bowl. Nassau, Bahamas. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man, boy, did we have a time in Nassau this year. Yeah, we Didn't did. do an episode for two days after. And that's Middle Tennessee State at 6-6. Six and six. I believe they come from the – where are they from, Danny? Not the Mac. Conference USA. The QSA, which will cease to exist still after exists. what – Two years. No, they're and trying to add D one double A teams to it. I think they just add JMU to that too. Actually, so yeah, Jacksonville State exist. and James Madison. Mm-hmm. So yes, to your question, they will cease to exist. So Florida yes. State hasn't lost to a FCS team, is what you're saying? Correct. Don't right. do that. We're, we're, not, we're, do that. Not, we're not doing that. So no. uh, <laughs> they're playing Toledo seven and five from the MAC. I am I off here when I think about these two conferences. It's like yeah, they're all in the group of six or whatever, group of five, but like. CUSA to the MAC is like the Pac-12 to the SEC, maybe not the SEC, but close to it. I mean, the MAC's one step below the AAC. Toledo should throttle this team, right? Yeah, they're seven and five, like you said. Their three MAC losses were by three points each. They lost at Notre Dame by three. It's very easy, a ten-win team. Um, I would imagine Toledo rolls pretty big in this one. Yeah, and by the way, folks, this is a relaxed night. Uh, your boys got one of our not – they're not a sponsor, but you know what it is. And um, if you want legitimate handicapping, that will be on some of the games. But some of these games, we're just going to call them like we seize them. Right? It's a reoccurring theme you're going to hear. Any team with, like, a directional in its name is automatically worse than the team they're playing, Middle Tennessee. <laughs> they're not very good because they have Middle in their name. And you're going to see that come up again and again. There's tears to it, but Middle is not a good one. Toledo's going to kill them. <laughs> Yeah, and also middle is uh, bad. Midwest is bad. Yes. Anything with like Midwest, such and such state, like yes. that's basically the South Hampton Institute of Technology. Yeah, I just have one, you know, point. 
Billy Hoffman retires the quarterback in four, ga- four games into the season. We'll add Middle Tennessee State. So Toulouse going to beat them by 30. Let, let me rework my theory in here because this is going to – two directions here. You have Coastal and you have Northern. Think about this. What so Coastal is not even a direction. Like it's oh, like it's a, not a region. ugly red-headed it's, cousin of directions. You would rather live in Relative a Coastal direction. region than a Northern region. No, no, no. I'm and with handled- you. Right. That's what I'm saying is it's like it's yes. like coastal in California would be the west. Here yes. is the east. So it is an omni in Ireland it would be the north or the south or the east or the west because it's an island. So like it is an omnidirectional term, which yes. is highly indecisive. Coast. Every time. Which is how actually Grayson McCall has been with the ball this year. Highly indecisive. He's made a lot more mistakes than he did last year. Definitely plummeted his draft stock. And yeah, I, I would expect Northern Illinois to run away with this one. Is it Grayson McCall? What's what's his first name? I don't know. It's great. Yeah. Yes, I, I love the 10-point underdog bit coming out swinging. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Dude. Yes. Yes. No, I, will, I will push you back on, on that. I will push back on that because Grayson McCall has a 207.1 passer rating. Okay, oh. but yeah, if he maybe decided to throw to less receivers, he'd have a lower so rating. So highly indecisive. Bowl game. So let's roll up the trail uh, to Boca Raton. Western <laughs> Kentucky versus App State. All right, so do we have picks for this game? What should the people – and, Danny, can you give us some betting lines, by the way, because I don't have bet online. I have all I the betting lines here, so any games you guys want. I got lines and totals. Um, okay, you just well, – yeah, just throw some of those out for us too, man. Like, let's help. Western well, Kentucky I can't get plus the two and a half. Western Kentucky plus two and a half. Okay, so here's here's my problem with this, right? Is, if everyone plays. If everyone plays. Okay, so you got an eight and five team against a ten and three team. You have the former home of Scott Satterfield – versus the former home of Willie Taggart. Both of them did very well at these oh. institutions, which tells me it's not very hard to do well at these institutions. Willie Taggart which tells a me player than coach there. That's terrifying. But anyway. Too much Willie Taggart. Dude, you ever, you ever think like doing? maybe he would maybe he would have been a great head coach if like Florida State had just given him an offer? Wouldn't have been such a fan. Anyway. Uh I'm going to roll the dice here. I'm going to take the favorite, Western Kentucky, because I think that that state probably Western better than North Carolina. Underdog. Western Kentucky is the underdog. Whatever. I'm still taking them. I don't Okay. Whatever. Hey, if you're by yourself. If you, look, if you, ask me to pick, if you ask me to pick between two states, North Carolina and Kentucky, one gave us bourbon, one gave us, like, basketball. Flight. I don't like – I don't give a shit about basketball. Yeah, it's – Basketball is Massachusetts. Sure. Sure. Whatever, dude. All right, tobacco. One killed a bunch yeah. of people. Holy the other gives people the best nights of their lives. All right, guys. So next we've got Marshall versus Louisiana. And this is when I get frustrated with bowl games because oh, I skipped like three. doesn't matter. We'll get yeah. back to the other ones. Do this is when I get frustrated with bowl games because you have these weird tie-ins, right, where you end up with these 12-1 and Louisianas against 75 <laughs> Marshalls. Um, I don't know. Danny, you probably have some insight onto this. You know these teams. What? What should we look for here? Uh, I don't – I'm – I don't know. I mean, Louisiana's probably a better team, but Marshall's historically outstanding in bowl games. They got the Alabama D coordinator as their coach or whatever he was. They're going to be focused. Louisiana Lafayette's going through the coaching change, all that good stuff. I'll ride with the underdog. I would I would take Marshall on this one. Hey, Drake, you want – You'll have some good insight on this, I feel like, after I go. The game's in Louisiana. It's in New Orleans, right? Have you ever been to Cafe Demon? It's overrated, but those beignets are awesome, right? 
So you that's the reason go, why you go there. <laughs> it's the only reason you go there. You got to go with the team who has those close by because the closer you are to beignets, the better your life is and the more you're going to be good at football. So. Yeah, I'm a fat dude, so I'm going to go with the state of beignets, the team behind the beignets, powered by powered sugar and bread. So give me mm-hmm. Louisiana. They're at minus five right now. I would definitely I might have to that. switch my pick based on what you guys just said. Yeah, and also, yes. I Logic. really don't care that Billy Napier's gone. I mean, I think they have a good you know, interim coach in there right now. Their defensive staff, I mean, they lost, what, their DB's coach to be to be the D.C. over at Florida. I don't care that much. Danny, you played college football. Let me ask you, because I, I've actually been curious about this, and we all guess – if a coach has built a program, they've been implementing game plans all year long, they've they've played 13 games with a team, is them being gone for one game really that detrimental? Or by the 13th or now the 14th game of the season, can the support staff pretty much run the team the way they've been run? It's been run the whole, the whole season. Um, so it's like it's weird. It sort of depends on the coach. Like, I mean, you saw when Norvell left Memphis. I mean, they they got beat by Penn State, but they put up points. Like stuff like that, it's just sort of weird. Depends on the coach. Depends on, you know, if he's more of a risk. The big thing is, are you going to be as risky? Do you know mm-hmm. the certain setups and stuff like that? Like if you're in a second and eight, you know, you really like these third and three plays. So your playbook's a little more open. The new guy might take deeper shots on second and eight, try to make something happen. Um, I, I don't think it's a huge deal breaker. Um, so what do you look at? as a handicapper, someone that, you know, pretty much gambles on almost every game when you see a coach departing, like how do you decide how much weight to put into that departure? I mean, it sort of depends. Um, Like the Notre Dame, I'll talk about that one later. Uh, They kept the whole staff Mm -hmm. except Brian Kelly. Um, Louisiana, they they lost the DB coach to Florida. I think they lost a couple other pieces as well. It's just sort of, and you got to go on the veteran team and stuff like that. Um, it's weird. I've never been in a situation in a bowl game losing a coach, so I can't really speak on it. But it's more, you know, is a guy aggressive? Is going to be who's taking over for him and stuff like that. Yeah, Max. Let me before you move on. Let me add addition by subtraction here. Billy Napier is already doing a horrible job at Florida. We all know that. And so I expect the team to play well above how they've been playing all year and ever have under him. It's like some Donald Trump level stuff. We all know that. <laughs> no one's agreed with you on that. Everybody's saying. Like last night when I'm you were like, he's done horrible in recruiting. It's like he's been there a week. Like hey, everybody's saying. Probably gonna suck at recruiting for the first week at all. But the other thing with that is Billy Napier, their teams this year won an, a ridiculous amount of like one score games against bad teams. Yeah, now that is a legitimate point with Billy And that's one of those things where, you know, how he coaches. I don't know how much he actually had into it, but he could be playing it to where they have an experienced team. They have Levi Lewis in the backfield. You know, he might be comfortable doing that, and some of the other assistant coaches might not be when they step up into bigger roles, stuff like that. So that's something that could play into it as well. Yeah, no, that makes sense, man. So where are you going on this game? What do you What do you think ends up happening? I mean, I have Marshall never go against Marshall in a bowl game. Fair. Um, but they sort of talked. Except for last year when we lost to Buffalo. I was on Buffalo that game. But that's well, that was that was a historically player, good Buffalo team, though. Jarrett Peterson's yeah. the real deal. Lance um, Lampel's the man. There's no one on Louisiana that scares me. All right, guys. So we're going all over the state of Texas. Um, again, I don't know how Texas works, by the way. I don't think there's – like, I just don't know if there's a difference between Texas State and University of Texas – 
Um, like, you know, in California, you have the University of California system where they are the research institutions. And then you have the Cal State system, which is purely educational, which if you don't know, fun fact, that's why Fresno State and Cal State can never be a part of the Pac-12 because California schools, the University of California system will not share a conference with the Cal State system. Weird, weird way they do it. I don't know if that kind of division exists in Texas, but you have three UTs in bowl games this year. And the most, I don't want to say, I I guess kind of the most out of left field is UTSA, University of Texas, San Antonio, the Roadrunners. Guys, give me a history lesson. Where the hell did these guys come from? Who's coaching out there? What happened? Because like, I'd never, I'd heard of it because of NCAA 14. I knew they were the Roadrunners. All of a sudden they had like, they were like nine and oh, and they were like ranked 15th. I mean, What's going on there? Drake, they're your boys. I'll let you take that one. UTSA is the crown jewel conference USA. <laughs> mm-hmm. They are. They really, really are. Meep, meep all the way, all year. Jeff Trailer is the head coach there. Yeah. He actually probably was, I think, in the running for the, I want to say, TCU job, actually for quite a bit. Texas Tech, years. I think. Oh, I can't no, type in was... the thing. Darn it. Oh, there's a private chat. Okay. Was it TCU? It was TCU, and I think he was briefly leaked to SMU before Red Lash took the job. But it wasn't Texas Tech because Texas Tech they wanted the guy from Baylor like really, really badly, like immediately. Well, UTSA plays fundamental defense. They play high scoring, fun to watch offense, and quite frankly, that that's probably the they should have been a top ranked team earlier in the year. They should have been twenty probably in top twenty five by week nine, and they had the smallest slip up against North Texas, and then they absolutely just boat raced. Was it Danny that they both raced for a little for a brief period of time? Okay, so a couple of things. A, they got blown out by twenty-four to North Texas. Yeah, yeah, they slipped up. That's why I said. Yeah, like you said, and, a little. A little and B, they didn't boat race. Position. They didn't boat race the team that I will not name in the Conference USA title game. Forty-nine to twenty-one, they were up. Right? I, I, all right, so Drake, let, I, I'm sorry, bud, but we got to approach this logic. So you said they had a little slip up against North Texas. They lost 45-23. And North Texas needed to win that raced. game to get bull out. And then you claim they boat raced Western Kentucky when they won by eight points. So yeah, Western you Kentucky the game? was driving to tie the game. Yeah. You watch the game? Let's see. I think UTSA. So Drake has a point here. So here's the thing, Danny. I'm, I'm actually going to go. I, I'm going to say something in Drake's favor here. After uh, there 10 is. minutes into the game. After ten minutes in the oh, game, oh Max, I watched the whole game, but hang on. But this is this is a good step. Ten after ten minutes had elapsed in the game, UTSA never had lower than a seventy-seven point one percent win expectancy. So they they Man. they beat them pretty good despite the scoreboard. But that being said, you can also have a post-game win expectancy that's positive and still lose. They still put themselves in a position to maybe lose the game. Yeah, they um, Western Kentucky shot themselves in the foot. But getting back onto the good with the with the Roadrunners here, um, I expect them to run away with San Diego State. <laughs> I see what you did there. Anyway, all right, good deal. So we got one vote for UTSA, and we've got one vote for uh, whoever that other team is, uh, San Diego State. Okay, so no, that's another no, San Diego State. Meet, no, 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 it's meet me, meet me, baby. Yeah. Oh, I thought Drake was. Oh, yeah, Drake's supporting. Me. Well, fine. I vote for San Diego State because whatever. UTSA is stupid. Because their punter's really good. Come on, Max. You're better than oh, that. Oh, he's so good. Yeah. You've got a good. I always draft punters in the first round. What do you, he has like a 90 yard draft? punt this year. Guys, you. let me walk you through a picture. You get off work. It's December 23rd. The next day is Christmas Eve. You probably don't have work. It's time to go drink 15, 16 Mickey Ultras. 
And what are you going to do after you're done with number 16 at 7.15 p.m. at night? Well, you're going to have a bottle of water. <laughs> you're, <gonna have, laughs> you're going to have a bottle of water. And uh, you're going to wait until 7.30 when the battle for Florida starts. The Gasparilla Bowl in Tampa, oh, Florida versus UCF. Guys, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little happy we didn't make a bowl game here. Guys, <laughs> is there any other pick here besides UCF? Like, it, Let me ask you guys this because we're not going to pick the game. Is it a Pyrrhic victory if UF beats us and then loses to UCF in their bowl game? Does that make mm, it? No. No. Okay. Is there an, they also a, lost to they also lost to Samford though. I, everybody remembers that happening. Uh, Florida did lose to Samford, in fact. So they could easily lose this game. They didn't lose to Samford. No, they did. They did. We we all talk about it. They gave up fifty two points. They lost. Fair and square. Um, see, the thing is, no matter what, for Florida, that's a win because they got the fifteen bowl practices. Yeah. Yeah, but and, I wonder, like, how helpful is 15 practices? Well, let me ask this. Is Napier allowed to coach these practices? He's allowed to be um, there. I don't think he's allowed to be involved. Oh, so like, hey, better for allowed that. to offer words of encouragement. Like, well, Lincoln, he's allowed like, to, like, be around the program, like, stuff like that, but I don't think. Like, when Lincoln Riley came into USC, like, uh, I think the week before the, when they played Cal, like, he was kind of, like, evaluating the roster. That's kind of like when mm-hmm. you start trying to process kids out, seeing who you want to keep for coming into the year. Like, that's what he's allowed to do. He's not able to actually – do any instruction like you'll see him walking around but other than that he's actually going to be putting into the work into that that's like norvell yeah. with the arizona bull like he was in the booth and stuff during the game yeah i just i i, I always find that funny if, if you guys you guys did but listeners if you don't know what i was quoting that's if you look at the ncaa bylaws of what analysts are allowed to do it's pretty vague but it, it says they're not allowed to they're allowed to be in huddles during the game they can't coach but they can offer words of encouragement right which Stupid. is like hey i encourage you to uh <laughs> run through the two hole encouragingly anyway uh all right so what do you guys think happens in that game seriously i mean look the, the reality is ucf thinks that they are like the next big thing in florida the aac has gotten very large very large for their britches ucf's now going to the big 12 i think by the way it is a travesty of modern sports administration to not strip the big 12 of their aq status i think it is absurd that you can add four teams and not at least make them prove it, whatever. It's just it's the Big Twelve in name only at this point because their two best teams are gone. Uh, historically, not guys, this year. Texas is not they're one of their teams. Historically, yeah, the past Baylor, twenty years, those are their two best teams, and also they'll be gone in twenty twenty five, no longer next year too. So yeah, so yeah. Th- those are their best teams. They're le- their most valuable teams by far. Yeah, are leaving. And it's just like, yeah, you can bring in four other teams and we'll just let you keep that status. Whatever. I think it's dumb. Point being, this, I think, is one of those moments where UCF has a legitimate opportunity to establish themselves as if you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. And yeah, maybe it's good for Florida because they got 15 practices and they can shrug it off as, well, we didn't try that hard. and We didn't have a head coach. But if UCF wins this, I think that they're going to take that very seriously. And I think that it could be. I don't want to say a program changer. It would be a very good way to start off their sort of journey to power fivedom. Um, I don't know. That's not really a more of a thought than a question, I suppose. But all that being said, I think they're probably going to beat the shit out of Florida because for all those reasons, they're really going to care. My point is this is, huge, this is a huge moment for UCF. And uh, I would be very surprised if they didn't come out taking it incredibly seriously. 
Um, I think that they will view it in the same way they viewed their national championship as a major recruiting tool to say, hey, we knocked off one of the big three. When's the last time they played one of the big three? Does anyone know? The 90s, maybe? Maybe. Before they, they I probably they probably they before football the, program in the 90s. Yeah. yeah, yeah be, I don't know if they've literally, I literally don't know if they've ever played. No, one I of think, us. Max, I think you're right. The last time I think UCF actually played someone from the big three was when they were like a D2 school because they, they've only been a D1 school since the 2000s. See, I thought um, they just started their football program in the 2000s. Uh, no, actually, um, one of my, my aunt's neighbor actually played football for them in the 80s. Um, oh, wow. Then, yeah, I'm completely Yeah, right. he played offensive line. No, I'm I'm in agreement with Max here on that primarily because there's going to be a core four coming to Florida very 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 soon. I mean, li- li- they have the largest <laughs> alumni base who actually a lot of them actually do care about the success of their football team. And so who's re- who's replacing Miami? Probably them. If we're being completely <laughs> honest here, they're probably they they are putting their money where their mouth is. Like they're they had Danny White, who probably is one of the best 80s out there. He recently left for Tennessee, but he's put them in very capable hands with this replacement and fundraising wise over there. They actually are you know moving forward with you know. Better facilities, you know, better, a bigger football program, and you kind of saw that with the with the they actual higher up the small on as well. Only facility, huh? Don't they have a huge football only facility? Uh, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I can text my brother right now and ask. Yeah, so ask him. So, so they've played twice. UCF and Florida have played twice. They played in 2006. Florida won 42 to zero. They played in 1999. Florida won 58 27. My point is, this isn't. UCF of the past. I mean, I think it's kind of delusional to think that they're not going to get a lot better. And I think that the worst mistake you can make is not taking a team seriously um, or program seriously. I mean, UCF is literally almost identical to what Florida State was in the 80s, at the beginning of the 80s. A team that's had a couple successful seasons, but intermittently and never had a coach build a program there. Strong, big, big admission rate, big admission rate, high admission rate. Lots of people going there when they can't get into the other universities in Florida. And guess what? Salesmen make money too. A lot of kids leave UCF and they go make good money and they want to see their team have a good football program because they're tired. I can tell you this from talking to a ton of UCF alumni. They're tired of everyone that went to UCF being a Gator fan or being a Seminole fan. Like they want that team to be good. And with them being in a big five or a power five conference that again, I know this stings. What is it? 2023. They will make more money than we do that year. And that will compound annually if their deal doesn't change. We hope it does, but we don't know if it will. So, they're making a football campus, by the way. Like they're making an entire oh, campus just dedicated specifically. Yeah, we don't even have a football only facility. They're going to have a campus. So, yeah, we have this an indoor school, practice facility. The point is, that gives them a base of 60,000 kids at the school. A school with 60,000 people, the hit rate can be 1%. You're still going to have 60 people from each freaking, uh, which I guess it's not a graduating class. You're still going to have 60 people on campus at any given time that become millionaires if your millionaire hit rate is 1%, and those people will eventually give money back. It's a growing program, and if they beat Florida, I think that's a huge step in the right direction, and I'm kind of rooting for them. I think Gus Malzahn wants to beat Florida, too. I agree with that statement, too. I think UCF beats them by 30 points. Like, Florida sucks. Yeah. We should have we should have beat them in the last game of the year. I mean, I don't know if I'm taking UCF money line, but I'd take them plus six and a half. That's a, I think that's a good value. So um, – all right, final picks because we've talked about this one. It's kind of a marquee game. I think everyone uh, are we picking money line or are we picking spread? What do you guys want to pick? Money line UCF easy. Okay, I'm taking money line UCF. Yeah, money line for UCF a plus two hundred. All right, well, I mean if the if the squad's riding, all right, yeah. All right, dude, yeah. plus two hundred is a freaking value. All right, let's roll. All right, guys, next game coming up. Oh boy, this is going? a fun one. This is going to be a fun one. I don't know why, but. 
I kind of like Western Michigan. Uh, so we're going to stick with Western seven and five against Nevada, uh, eight and four. Didn't Nevada have like a really good year, like a year ago or something, two years ago? Yeah, Carson Strong actually is a really good quarterback. The problem is Nevada just lost their head coach, Jay Norvell, to the Mountain West, the other team, Colorado State. That's yeah, which is a very – It's a lateral move. move. That makes no sense to me. I mean, he made, he's making a lot more money, but that's a that, lateral move. What city is that in, Western Michigan? Does anyone know? Kalamazoo. Kalamazoo. Exactly. My school's quarterback will actually play QB actually at Western Michigan. If that tells you anything. Sorry to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. All right. So, are we riding with the boys from Kalamazoo or the boys from Nevada? Nevada. Ooh, this is a fun one. So, you know what I love more than anything? I love when a good Power 5 school, like a historically reputable name, gets to get beat by a non-Power 5 slash non-like. Houston Auburn. Whatever school. Yeah. Houston yeah. Auburn. So, it's one of those things, A, I, we've suffered through this, but like, Auburn right now is truly Auburn in name only. I mean, they are bad at football. They almost beat Alabama, but um, other than that weird fluke, they are just – oh, boy. Yo, um, is Tank in the transfer portal or not? No, so, he, took, he was. No, he's not. It's unclear. That's the best way to put it. It's unclear. He said he was going to – or sources said he was going to. We heard he was. He pulled out. I don't know. All right, folks, we're going to dive into the good ones now before I tap out, hand the reins over, and uh, go eat my food. So, if you guys want to – gosh, there's so many, like, surprisingly That's decent bowl games this year. You oh. know, people talk about, like, oh, there's too many bowl games. There's too many of this. There's too many of that. It's like the average bowl game got, like, three and a half million viewers last year, right? Like, there's not too many bowl games. Just don't watch the ones you don't want to watch. There's enough, and there's actually a really good slate – for that week that none of us know what to do with ourselves. I would like to start at Clemson and Iowa state. Yeah. First of all, it's a miracle. Clemson won nine games this year, but we'll get to that later. What the hell happened with Iowa state? Same coach, same quarterback. Would they start the season number eight in the country? And they just pulled an O'Doyle family and drove straight off the cliff. I mean, what do, I, what, do, what do you guys make of that team this year? Did they just start sucking? Did the rest of the Big Ten get better? Were they just exposed as not being that good last year? Where, where do we go? I think their win total actually was like a nine and a half games. And that was like extremely high expectations. I mean, their losses are to an Iowa team who at number 10, you know, at the time was like on all cylinders. Lost to Baylor, who ended up being the Big 12 champion. But then you see losses like to West Virginia and Texas Tech, and both those teams aren't very good. And then they lost to Oklahoma after, you know, the Spencer Rattler trains to Caleb Williams. So it's kind of like they won the games they're supposed to. They lost the majority of the games that they, you know, were mostly going to lose heading into them. And they have me like questionable call with Texas Tech being a very bad team. So it's kind of like, yeah, I think they did follow short expectations. I think Brock Purdy, he was decent down the stretch, which ironically most of the losses actually were when he was playing better. But I think just overall their defense wasn't pretty good. Yeah, so... Clemson, Iowa State has a better quarterback in this game. Isn't that fun to say? Clemson, Clemson's been all year. I don't know how they won nine games. If you watch their games, it's even more miraculous uh, because they just don't look good at football. They have a good defense, but on offense, I can't name you a team that I've watched play football this year that I thought made it look more difficult than Clemson did this year. And you can't trust DJ Uyunglele to throw the ball anywhere near where his brain thinks it should go. Um, the, their running game is limited to one player, so he 
key in on him. I don't even know what his name is. What, what's the the white kid's Will name? Shipley. They're running back. Will Shipley. Yeah. He's good. If you take him out of the game, though, they're not. So all you got to do is limit him. If Iowa State can do that, make them throw the ball. They're not going to be able to. Yeah, I just I think like that Will Shipley is is he's frustrating because he reminds he me so much of um what's his name uh I don't know yeah, this is a bad comparison I was gonna say um that guy for the Steelers I thought you were gonna say Peyton Hillis I thought you were gonna no. say Christian McCaffrey no no that's, <laughs> yeah because they're both white. white running back no the guy the guy for the Steelers that like went to Michigan State Le'Veon Bell. Uh, Okay, same concept in the sense, not how they run, nothing like that. Where like you watch them run, you're like, how is he getting so many yards? They ju- the difference is Le'Veon Bell was super patient, and it was like, yeah. how has no one tackled him yet? Whereas Will Shipley just kind of like looks like I he's about to get tackled, him and then he kind of doesn't, and then he's like, okay, that guy's going to tackle it. Okay, he made that guy miss. Okay, watch his running against us that touchdown run. There's like six guys around him, and he just dives. Yeah, in the it, it's like, like that Family Guy clip of like the dude like covered in like grease or whatever, and no, and like he's like, yes. touch me. It's like that. It's so annoying, but I, I actually, to be honest, I, I think Clemson has done this year kind of what we did in 15. I think when you've been good enough for a certain amount of time and you have the same players on the roster, there is a certain muscle memory and a certain pride to being good at winning football games. Like there were times I can remember back in my wrestling career where I was banged up or I was sick or like I had no business winning a certain match because of how I was doing in the in that tournament, but there were just kids I wasn't going to lose to, right? I could come into the practice room with 102 degree fever, four pounds overweight the day before weigh-ins, trash bags on, sucking weight. And there were kids in that practice room that on pure pride were not going to beat me. It just wasn't going to happen. And I think Clemson's done a lot of that this year. We're like their name, just the logo takes over in the last five minutes. And I just don't, I don't think Clemson loses to an Iowa state. I just, I'm sorry. I, I, I think the logo still has weight. I think the dynasty they built over a 10 year period still matters and I think that there will be a moment in this game. If they can keep it close, if it's within a touchdown going in the last five minutes, I think Clemson wins it because they're just going to have that moment of like, guys, we're Clemson. They're are, Iowa State. Are you, are you taking into account that like all of their assistants are gone and like no one has any? Yeah, but I, I don't think plays? that – but it's not like they, these guys haven't been coached by Brett Venables for the past you know two to four years for most of them, right? Like they still know how to run a defense. They still know how to execute – yeah, I'm I'm taking that into account. I still think that if it's that's my caveat. If it's within a score or seven seven points within the last five minutes, Clemson pulls it out. Iowa State jumps out early. Clemson just quits and says, "Yeah, we don't have our coordinators," and they're done. 